happen. <laughs> this uh, it's not, it's not, it should be a very long message. Say thank you, John. No, it'd probably be an hour and a half, John, at least. Make it two. Make it two. All right. No, but it's it, all week long. Uh, there's been a particular song, and it's uh, by Jesus Culture about breaking chains. And I've listened to it for I don't even tell you how many hours upon hours I've listened to it. And the the, the band's going to come back up here. The praise band's coming back up here in a little while, and they're going to we're going to close in a different way today. So uh, be ready for that. But what happened is it's 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 based upon faith. And we'll look at a few, we've only got about six verses we'll go to. We're going to look at a few verses and, and try to, best way that the Lord showed me is, is my faith needs to be challenged more and more. Just because I've done something in the past doesn't give me the opportunity to just act like I don't need to do anything more. And I, I believe that the way our country is right now, the way the world is right now, especially our country, that we have the, one of the greatest opportunities in the history of America to praise Jesus and bring glory to Jesus. How much farther away can we get from Jesus than we are right now? We are so far away as a nation, as a world. But yet there are parts in the world that are so close and, and having revivals all over the place. But here in America, we're so farther, far away. So what happens if, if my faith gets explodes more and more? And if I look at the scriptures and I can see the people, how, what happened in their lives, that I can say, what happened? When people can look at me and say, what happened to you? And I think I've told you before that many, many years ago, uh, a man came up to me and he was an atheist. And he, uh, I started following the Lord, and he lived down in Florida, and I'd go down and visit some of Vicky's parents, of Vicky's mom, and, and this man would be there, and, and uh, at one point he looked at me, and he says, I don't like you anymore. <laughs> and it's pretty much, what happened to you? I like the way you used to be. It was all about work and money and things like that, and this guy was a wealthy man. And, and so I, that was probably the greatest compliment I've ever got is what happened to you? Jesus happened, amen? amen. That's what happened to me. That, that's what can happen to this world. This country started by Jesus Christ, under him, under his banner, under his word. It was started by that. And again, right now, as, as far away as we are, if we can just turn back to him with faith, and I'm going to challenge you today because God challenged me all week about my faith. So first of all, you've got to have faith, amen? amen? Now, If you don't have Jesus Christ... You've got, you can have faith in a squirrel if you want to, I guess, but I don't know what the squirrel's going to do for you when it gets ran over by a car. You can have faith in whatever you want to, but it's going to die. It's not faith in Christ. You've got to have faith in Christ, and it should overwhelm us. It should, expire. It should encourage us. And So this week has been a wonderful week, but it's also been a very challenging week. I started this church many years ago now, almost eight years ago, and I, I, it was started on faith. And I, I continue to, to try to grow my faith, but you know what? There's more to do, amen? There's more to do. And so when God challenges me with my faith, I've got to understand, what, what is it, God? What, what's next? What do you want me to do? Where do you want us to go? What do you want? And so the only way I can go there is with you, because this is where I'm at. One of the things I've talked to you about in the past is a school. I'd love to have a school. 
And you say, well, how can that happen? I don't know. I didn't know how this church could happen. What makes you think you've got to have all the answers? The first problem with faith is we want to have all the answers before we'll let our faith take work. That's not faith. And one of the things we've got to understand, how serious are you about your faith? I mean, how serious really are you about Jesus? You come to church, you say, oh, I got faith, I go to church. Well, welcome, welcome. Big deal. What are you, what, when have you been persecuted for your faith? When has somebody come up to you and say, what happened to you? You used to be like this. When, when have you been asked about your life? When have you stepped out in faith? See, that's the problem with the church. We're not stepping out in faith anywhere. We're just coming in here, closing the doors, and saying, praise the Lord, which is great. I love it. We encourage each other. But we need to take it out of these, out of these walls. Do you believe me or not? Yes. And it's done through faith. This is a day and age where we are not welcomed anywhere. Nowhere. Because we have allowed it to happen. This nation is still a Christian nation. I don't care what the politicians say. It's still a Christian nation. We overwhelm this nation. We're way up there in the percentage. I don't know, there's probably about 80-some, 90% of people still believe in God. Probably 60-70% are Christians or even more are claimed to be Christians. But yet we let a small population run us because we run in fear. That's not what faith is. That's not what faith is at all. I heard of a young boy, I think he was in first or second grade, that the police were called to his house because he was giving scripture out at school. So they called the police on him and went to his house. Can you imagine that? Where's the church? We're too, either too busy or too afraid to do anything anymore. We are shut down. But that does not need to happen. You say, well, what do you want to do? I don't know. But by golly, I want to do something. Amen? I want my faith to be explored. I want it to expand. I want it to explode this nation. And it can happen. So what happened to the ultimate? What happened? The ultimate goal for your life should be for others to say what happened, and you can put your name there to Paul, to you. I can say Jesus happened in this country, we can look back and say when, when, when Christ brings us back to where he wants us to be, and you say, well, that can't happen. Yes, it can. It's only your lack of faith that keeps it from happening. You think you can't have prayers in school? You think abortion can't be turned around? It can. But you're going to have to get up and do something. Amen? We've got to do something. One of the things we need to do is get more involved. Acts 3.16, this is Peter going to be speaking here. And John, they've just walked into Solomon's porch, and a man about 40 years old has been lame all his life, and he's sitting there wanting alms, and Peter and John say, well, this silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I'll give you. I get so many phone calls, people wanting silver and gold. That's all they want. They call the church wanting money, 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 and I'll tell them, come to church, we'll help you. They never show up. Because we don't show them faith. We can't show them the power of God because we're not exercising the power of God. Listen, I got beat up before I'm beating you up, okay? We've got to show faith. And Peter, 
in a time when the church was brand new. Jesus was just crucified not long before this. And he stands up and he heals this man. He gives him all he has, the power of Jesus through faith. That's all he has, and he gives it to him. And the man gets up and walks, and the whole city is, is an uproar and going nuts about it. They can't believe what they see. So the Pharisees said, he just come to him, and they want to shut this down. Just like people in this government today and other places, they want to shut us down before we ever start to talk. They want to call us racists and homophobes and whatever phobic thing they want to put out on us. We can't go in their game. We've got to stay right in the Word of God and give it to them like it says. Amen? And Peter, he stands bold with his faith. Am I screaming too much? I'm already wearing myself out. He stands bold. And we're not talking about a little shallow thing here. We're not talking about a, a little judge here. We're talking about people everywhere. They saw a miracle, not by Jesus, but by his disciples. They saw a miracle. God allowed this in the beginning of the church to expand this church. In Acts 3.16, it says, and his name, H, capital H, it means God, and his name, he's talking about Jesus, and his name, through faith in his name, Jesus again, in Jesus' name, through faith in Jesus' name, has made this man strong. A man that was not strong, a man that was completely Unable to take care of himself. And the man, like many people today, just give me the 60 or 70 or $80 to pay the motel bill. Just give me a little bit of gas money. That's just all I need from you. I don't need that Jesus stuff. I just need a little bit of money. And we should be giving them our faith. Some will come, some will never come. That's not our job. That's God's job. Amen? Our job is to give them what we've got. Many of you we've helped in this church. You come to church, we'll help you. Amen? We'll help you. But silver and gold I do not have. What I do have I'll give you, and that is Jesus Christ. And then we'll work with you and help you and get you out of the situation you're in. And his, in Jesus' name, through faith in Jesus' name, has made this man strong. You want to get strong? You want your family to get strong? It's not money. It's Jesus. Amen? You want to quit this? You want to quit that? It's not another program. It's not anything. It's Jesus. I get tired of telling me Jesus can't do this. You know what? The nuclear bombs? Jesus is more powerful than all the nuclear bombs in this world. He's right in my heart. All he says is, pour out your faith, and I'll expand everything. I'll explode everything. Pour out your faith. Trust me with your faith. And I'll make you strong. Amen? Jesus will make you strong. It wasn't Peter and John. It was the Lord Jesus that made this man strong. Not just that he got up. He didn't need therapy. You know, I had a finger messed up years ago, and I had to go to therapy for I don't know how long. They put all kinds of instruments on that finger. It hurt. It hurt. I hate therapy. When I messed up my knee a couple years ago, therapy, therapy, therapy. This man was lame for 40 years. He don't say one thing about therapy. Amen? All it says is his name, Jesus' name. You say, well, that don't happen anymore. Yes, it can. Yes, it can. There's nowhere it says it doesn't happen anymore. Our faith is what's not happening anymore. And he made this man strong, whom you see and know. They knew the man. What happened to that man? Everybody said Jesus happened. 
What happened to that man? Everybody say, Jesus happened. Everybody say, Jesus happened. I'm not preaching you something that's not right, that's not true, that's not glorious. I'm preaching you Jesus Christ crucified. Amen. That's what happened to him. That's what happened to the ones that got baptized this morning. That's what happened to you. Jesus happened. And his faith, he gives us more and more as we grow in him. Whom you see and know. The people around you see a change in your life. And all they can say is, what happened to her? What happened? Yes, the faith which comes through him, Jesus again, capital H. Yes, the faith which comes through Jesus has given him this perfect soundness. What kind of soundness? Perfect soundness. In the presence of what? Of you all. This man had to get up and walk, didn't he? I didn't see Peter dragging him up. You know, so many of us in the church, we want to we help people, and we just want to pick them up and drag them. I can't pick you up. You've got to get up on the power of Christ. Amen? It's your job to get up. It's not my job to get you up. It's your job to get up. My job is to preach it to you, tell you how much Jesus loves you, tell you what he can do for your life, but you've got to get up. You've got to do it. That's what Peter did. He healed the man. He said, get up. And he got up. And everybody saw it because Jesus happened. I'm a little excited about this sermon. I, I tell you, because when God gives me something like this, I know he's going to do something. I know it. He's always doing something, but something is going to allow me to, to be part of. There's this, I want a school opened up. Over in Trafalgar, they're getting ready to shut down that elementary school over there. There's a school over there. We just got to do something with it. We got to figure it out. First thing we got to do is start praying. You say, how do you get a building? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if that's where God wants me to go, but I know it's right over there. I don't know. But God, if you want to change a, a nation and community, you got to start with the young people. Amen? Some of these old people are just too old. They don't want to change. Blackwell, it's hard to change him. Takes a sledgehammer. Change him. You want to help people? Give them Jesus. Give them Jesus. You want to see people thrive? You want to see people thrive? You want to see people get out of the, out of the ditch of drugs and out of the ditch of everything else? You want to see that? Give them Jesus. Give them Jesus. You can give them a million dollars and they'll burn right through it. You give them Jesus and they'll have him forever, eternity. Amen? Could it be that there is a chain around your faith? I got chains everywhere today. The song that we're going to, Brooke's going to come up and they're going to play in a little bit. It's about breaking the chains. Could it be that America, that the church has a chain around our faith? Could it be that? Could it be that we have forgotten how to take faith seriously? Could that have happened to the American church? Could it have happened? Of course it happened. All you got to do is just look deep into yourself and say, what have I done at faith lately? What have I done? And some of you have done some great things. But what have you done in your faith lately? When has your faith caused you some anguish? When has your faith caused you some problems in your life? When? 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 That's what Jesus asked me. When? Well, Lord, about seven or eight years ago, you asked to open up, open up church, and I had all kinds of people calling me crazy. I had my own family tell me I was an idiot. Oh, that was seven or eight years ago. What have you done lately? Well, I step out all the time. What have you done lately, Paul? What have you done that's going to change a society? 
You've got the power of God within you. I've given you breath and the power to speak. Give it out. Change a nation. Change your life one life at a time. Build the kingdom of God. Could it be that there is a chain around your faith, your life, your mind that needs broke? That needs broke. What's quiet in here? When Jesus asked, the second Kings, rather, the second Kings, I love these verses. If you guys, if somebody, some of you don't know these verses, but you're going you're gonna to be in, just going to love this. This is Elisha, the great prophet Elisha, come after Elijah in the Old Testament. He's a man of God. He's a powerful man of God, and he's got servants. He could call him a pastor, and he's got servants and people he's teaching and people he's directing, and their faith is a little weak, but his faith is not weak. And the army is coming after them because they have heard that this man Elisha knows what's going to take place before it ever takes place. Because his faith is intact. And he lives it out. And so he's therefore able to warn the king of Israel where this army is going to go and able to stop things. So this other king gets so upset with him, says, who's telling this? And one of the men say, there's a man named Elisha in a certain, certain country and in an area. He's doing it. He's a man of God. So they put the whole army together. They go down there to attack and kill Elisha. I'm just giving you a few verses here. Because it's about faith. And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, a servant, the people in the church, when they rose early and they went out, because he had heard the noise and confusion, great army coming upon him, there was an army surrounding the city, an army surrounding Nineveh, an army surrounding Franklin, Edinburgh, Columbus, whatever, whatever city, an army surrounding, that's a big army, amen, that's a big army, that's enough to scare you to death, isn't it? Let's go along here a little more. And there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots, or tanks, armored vehicles, machine guns, jets, helicopters. And the servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? The servant was looking at the army instead of looking at God. The servant's faith was nowhere to be found. His faith was so fearful and scared because of the surroundings around him, because of the great things around him. And that's our biggest problem. We take our eyes off of the faith of God that's given us and we put it on the things around us. And the minute we do that, Satan says, Allah, got you now. You have lost your focus. You've lost your focus of where God's taking you and you've put it on the things of the world. And Satan scares you and fears you that's the things we hear about the, about the church. We're full of hate. We're full of this. We're full of that. And we listen to them and we get fearful and we just say, I'm just going to go to church on Sunday and keep my mouth shut. I don't want none of that coming down on me. Well, that's not what you were called to. Amen? That's not what Jesus died for. He died to save your soul, but he also died to make you a disciple, to go out and tell world and you can't do that if you're not speaking go back please to that I'm not done with those verses go back 
And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? Go ahead, please. Give me verse 18. Here you go. So he answered, Do not fear. What, are the, what, is, what is God always telling us in the Bible when, when the angels come up? Whenever anybody have do, that's the first thing he always tells us. Do not fear. Do not fear. Don't listen to the world. Don't listen. Don't even look at it. Stay in the Word of God. Get your faith where it belongs. Do not listen to those things. Do not even go close to them. They'll cause fear in your life and turn your life, and your faith will run and scream like a little child. Do not fear. For those who are with us, who is those with us? The army of God. Amen? The army of God. Do not believe that there's an army of God. Do you not believe that it will back your faith? Evidently, we don't. Evidently, we have called that a, a superstitious or a fable or something. But we have an army of God that will back our faith. Why can't we believe this? Why can't we grab a hold of this and say, this is still true for me today? It is. The problem is we're all chained up with the fear and the phobias and all the stuff. We're in a country that thinks more of Muslims than they do Christians anymore. What in the world has happened to us? Muslims hate women. They'll kill homosexuals. But yet the media and the liberal press and everything else, they just love them. What in the world has happened to the church? Anything that will destroy the church, anything that will destroy Christ, they know how to beat our faith down, and they continue to do it. We can't go there. We have to stay with Christ. Amen? We have to have our faith. And this is beautiful. So he answered, Do not fear for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed. What did he do? He prayed. Why did he pray? Because his servant was fearful and scared and he had his eyes off of God and he had his eyes on the world and he was praying for them. One of the things we need to do is pray for this country. Pray for this world. Pray for Israel. Amen. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord. Because the Lord was truly his Lord. Amen. See, if the Lord's not truly your Lord, if you're not really following him the way the scripture says, follow him, he's not really your Lord. You can call him Lord, but he's not really your Lord. Because you're not following the way he asked to be followed. But Elisha followed him. He said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. The crossing, I pray, open your eyes that you may see. There's so much we can do. There's so much we can do. If our faith will lead, Christ will grab a hold of us, take us places we never dreamed possible. We don't need a thousand people. We don't need billions of dollars. We need faith. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord what? Open, right? Amen. Then the Lord what? Opened. The eyes of the young man. And he saw. And he saw. 
Why did he open? Because Elisha's faith was praying that God would open. I pray all the time that God opens people's hearts. The baptism is always overflowing around here. People are always being changed. It comes through prayer. Amen? It comes through. Everybody say, it comes through prayer. It comes through prayer. If you're not seeing things wonderful in your life, if you're not accomplishing things through your faith with God in your life, why not? Have you forgot that he's God? Have you forgot the God of the Bible, the Old Testament, the New Testament? Have you forgot? Do you not take him serious? Did we just forget? Or did we never believe? Or is there too many chains wrapped around us? The chains of work, the chains of this and the chains of that. Is this what's wrapped around us that, that keeps our faith? The chains of fear. In the eyes of the young man, he saw and behold, listen to that, and behold, the mountain was full of what? The army of God. Horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Wow. Those angels are still there. We're called the army of God now. The church is the army of God. We should, our faith should be like an army intact, strong, and ready to take on anything that comes against us. Ready to take on anything that comes against us, that comes against the word of God. Ready to fight back with love, patience, kindness, gentleness, but directness, amen? The truth and the only truth of God Jesus asked, what happened to the life? When Jesus asked, what happened to the life I gave you? What will you say to your Savior, your Creator? What are you going to say on that day? When Jesus says, what happened to the life? What happened to, to the faith that started out so good? It started out, not, this, this is, there we go. There's my faith. I'm talking about a nuclear weapon stronger than any nuclear weapon in the world. That's what Jesus Christ is. His energy is Far past the sun, far past the brightest stars, but yet I don't think I have that much faith. Jesus says, hey, you can move mountains. We'll talk about that in a minute. I'm thankful that God gave me a church to open. I'm thankful that we've been here so many years. I'm thankful for all the baptisms. I'm thankful for all the wonderful people he's brought. I'm thankful for all of it. But I never want to be stuck right there. I want to keep going with my faith. So as I pray for God to challenge me in my faith, I'm going to give that back out to you, and that's what I'm praying for. That if I have chains around me that are holding me down from going and expanding the kingdom of God to break those chains, to break them. Brooke, come on up. To break those chains. When Jesus asked, what happened to the life I gave you? The life in Christ, the life from the Word of God, the life of truth. What happened? What will you say to your Savior? What are you going to say? Well, I, uh, 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 well, I opened up a church there a few years, and uh, everything went well, and there was a few people saved, and, and uh, I got to speak your, your truth a little bit. 
And then I turn around and I find out that he had so much more for me. He had so much more. And he said, well, how about the chains on your fear that you didn't allow to fall off, that you didn't allow to break? So much more to give the community, to give the world through this church and through other churches if their faith will march forward. We'll be on this verse, and they're going to, got something I'm going to read to you in a minute. But Matthew 17, 20. Who's heard this verse in your life? Yeah, a lot of you have. It reads here, it says, So Jesus said to them, Who said it to him? Letters in red, amen? So Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief. He's talking about his disciples. They had gone out to cast out demons and do different things for the Lord. They come back and there was a demon they couldn't cast out. And Jesus just smacks them and he says, be, Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. Now that doesn't mean they don't believe in Christ. It means their faith was not strong enough to believe that God could do this, that Christ could do this particular one. For surely I say to you, I say to you, the crossing, the pastor, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, John, you got that video? It's just a one-minute video. Sounded good. This is a mustard seed. It's in this little bag. I know you can't see it. I can barely see it. It's so small. This is a, I don't know how many thousands of mustard seeds in here, but this, this is what a mustard seed is. It's the smallest plant, but yet it becomes the largest one in the garden, a garden of tree, in the tree. So Jesus uses this little mustard seed to show us, go ahead back to Matthew 17, 20, please, to show us what he's talking about. So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for surely I say to you, if you have faith as this little mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there. You will say to the problems in your life, the things in your life, the things that God wants to accomplish in your life, Lord, let it be done and it will be done. Amen? How do you think this church opened? How do you think it opened? It opened through faith. Not through people, but through faith. 
He could have opened up with anybody he chose. I'm thankful and grateful he opened up with me and several more of you out there. But he could have used anybody with faith. Amen? I'm not sure how big my mustard seed was then. But I know I want a tree. Amen? I want a tree of faith. So do I believe this first letters in red, Jesus speaking to his disciples, speaking to his church? Do I truly believe this? And if I do, then why is it my life showing it? Amen? Move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing, read it, everybody read this for me, and nothing will be what? Do you believe it? First thing you've got to have is Jesus. The first thing you got to have. You get Jesus, he'll give you a mustard seed. You start to grow in Christ, and that mustard seed will grow, and your faith will grow. It will grow. I put a bunch of these out on the tables out here. You're welcome to them. I don't care what you do with them, but you're welcome. You're welcome to keep it as a keepsake. You do whatever you want with it. You're welcome to plant it. I don't care what you do. There's a lot of them out here. Take it if you want your faith to grow. If you're ready to let God break all the chains that are holding your faith down. You've got to be a believer in Christ first. You've got to believe Jesus Christ. You've got to believe what this Word of God says. You've got to take it into your life. It says, call up anyone who calls up the name of the Lord shall be what? Saved. Romans chapter 10 verse 13. Anyone who calls up the name of the Lord shall be saved. He doesn't... I'm going to read something we wrote for you. This song they're singing is about breaking the chains. And when I get done reading, you're welcome to come at these tables. You're welcome to, to, to come and worship God at these tables. You're welcome to fall to your knees and ask God to remove the chains that are holding your faith down. And you say, well, I'm not sure I know what it is. That's because you haven't even started praying over it yet. Do you have any idea? I don't care. I'm one of the lowest of the lowest of the lowest in the world. And yet God lifts me up. He pours it out of my heart. What can He do with you? Anything's possible. Amen? Anything is possible. Anything is possible. Then why aren't we seeing the possible? Are we too comfortable in our lives to look at the uncomfortable? See, all we want to do is be comfortable, comfortable, comfortable. Give me my air conditioner. Give me my pillows. Give me my king-size bed. I want to be comfortable. I don't want to be uncomfortable. We need to get uncomfortable. I think the disciples were uncomfortable the day that the Sadducees and the Pharisees came to them and said, what are you doing healing that man in Jesus' name? Don't you ever do it again. They said, we're doing it again. And we're not stopping. What do you think is going to happen to the to the schools over there. They're going to come and arrest your kids because they're qu quoting scripture and we just look back and like, yes, I better quit quoting scripture. What happened to us? We're children of God. We're the army of the God. What happened to us? Get that for me, will you? I better quit jumping around so much. I don't know what to tell you. Except that love Jesus with all you got. And if you don't know who this Jesus is, you need to know him. 
You need to know Him. You need to stand firm in your faith. You need not bow down to the people that call us ridiculous, that call us haters. That's Satan. That's Satan. That's evil. There's two things in this world. There's good and there's evil. That's all there is. There is no in-between. You're either good or you're evil. That's it. That's it. You're on God's side or you're against Him. And if you don't believe me, you've got chains around you that's holding you down. This is called What Happened. Me and Vicki wrote this. If my God, if my God is not a heart-changing, mind-changing, life-changing, action-changing, world-changing God, then tell me what happened. What happened if he's not that? What happened? What happened to Noah who spent his life building an ark? Or Abraham who left all to follow God into the unknown? And to Daniel who worshipped in front of a window knowing full well the consequences? What happened to the three boys who believed God could deliver them from a fiery furnace? Someone please tell me what happened to Moses when he left the palaces of Egypt and risked death to defend the Hebrew slave to David, a boy who believed he could defeat a giant and did or Elijah who believed he could raise a widow's son from death by simply asking God what happened to it? what happened to Mary who gave her reputation and life gladly to be mother of the son of God what happened to Andrew and Peter that caused them to leave their livelihood to become fishers of men. How did Peter believe he was possible to walk on water? What happened to Paul on the road to Damascus and that caused him to endure a life full of hardships and consider his suffering not worthy to mention? I'll tell you what happened. Jesus Christ happened. The Holy Spirit giving mountain-moving, life-changing Jesus Christ happened. Hebrews 11.38 tells us the world is not worthy of them. I'll tell you, today in our lives, how can we be worthy of such great men and women that gone before us when we can't even stand up because of our fear? We're chained. And furthermore, Jesus Christ is still happening today. He is. He's happening in my life. He's happening in lives all around the world. There's people being torn apart, heads cut off, destroyed lives, destroyed businesses for the sake of Christ today. What happened to us, America? What happened? Jesus happened. He happened to St. Augustine. He happened to Charles Spurgeon. He happened to Martin Luther. He happened to Jonathan Edwards and John Wesley, A.W. Tozer and J.I. Packer and C.S. Lewis. It happened to Billy Sunday. It happened to Adrian Rogers. It happened to Billy Graham. Amen. Jesus happened to all of them. What would happen if today we recognize that Jesus has delivered a great opportunity for his church through faith to break the chains to set America free? What would happen? Let it be said, what happened to America? Jesus happened. Amen. There's a great revival going on in West Virginia in the high schools. They don't dare shut them down. There's too many Christians praying in the schools. They can't shut them down because Christians have come together 
and worshiping and praying with God and their lives are being chained. The chains of fear have been broken from them and faith is taking over. Oh my goodness, West Virginia, thank you! So I guess my final, my final question is, what is keeping you from becoming the next for others to inquire what happened to you? Rise up, army of God, and break every chain. Amen. Rise up, army of God. Rise up, army of God. Be an army of God. Be a child of God. Let your faith grow. Become the next person that leads somebody to the Lord. Get past your sin. We don't have time for this sin stuff anymore. Get past it. There's too many people dying and going to hell. Get past it. Break the chains. Amen. Break the chains. I'm not a crazy old man. I love the Lord. And he's asking you to break the chains. He's asked me all week to break the chains. Break them. Throw them down. Get rid of them. Let your faith take control of your life. Let it loose. Get the poor people up here. Bill, get up here. Vicky, get up here. Get some prayer people up here. Do some praying. are open. Come enjoy the Lord today. If you need a seat, take home and plant or if you need to put it in your pocket to remind you of this day, when God asks you to break the chains, will you do that? Come up there and start praying for that camp you're going to. Get ready for it. Get your hearts ready. Get it prepared. Pray. Real pray.
Ah. Oui, je m'assure.